0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, we gather before you confident in your love and mercy for us. We have tasted of your sweetness. You have given us living water, and we wish to have even a deeper thirst. We wish to hunger for you more and more come to us at this hour with the power of your spirit, that you may enkindle in our hearts a desire to love you more and more, to think of you more and more, to hunger and thirst for you more and more. And this we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Mary, seat of wisdom, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good evening. Thank you for persevering today. It's been a a very full day, hasn't it? It probably feels like you've been on retreat for a month, even though it's just been a day or so. So, congratulations. You're almost you're almost at the finish line, um, but not yet. We still have. A couple of conferences and and tonight is also going to be uh, challenging challenging because it's going to involve our Lord's conversation with the woman of Samaria which is a very difficult but beautiful encounter and it also has a lot to do with Pentecost we've started celebrating Pentecost this evening and into tomorrow end of the Easter season. And in this story, which I'm going to read, it's an abbreviated version of it, we're going to hear the spirit spoken of as water, living water. In other places in scripture, the spirit is fire, it is a dove, it is the wind. And it's a beautiful meditation to think about what they all have in common. Why is the Spirit compared to all of these things? But let's look a little bit at this story from John, Gospel of John, chapter 4. Again, a shortened version of it because it basically takes the entire chapter and it's worth reading and rereading. Jesus came to a city of Samaria. Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, that is noon. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, Ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water that i may not thirst nor come here to draw jesus said to her go call your husband and come here the woman answered i have no husband jesus said to her you are right in saying i have no husband for you have had five and he Whom you have now is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So the woman left her water jar and went into the city and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. This woman who came to the well, came with one purpose. You may have come on this retreat with one purpose, or no purpose, or not sure what your purpose should be, but God knew. And the interesting thing about this is that God orchestrated this whole meeting He shows up just at the right time. How did that happen? How did he end up at the well at noon? But she comes with one purpose. To get her jar filled with water. That's it. It's like going to a gas station. Why do you go to a gas station? Right. And Jesus took that simple everyday errand, which she had probably done hundreds of times, and turned it into a revelation. Imagine that. He opened up her heart and exposed how thirsty she really was, and she had no clue. He told her, he challenged her, I know that you've been with X number of men and I know you're living with a man right now who isn't your husband. So you've, you've had five. Can we talk? Will you let me in? That's pretty challenging. And he says it all without shaming her. She's kind of antagonistic. She's kind of sarcastic. And he says, look, I know more about you than you think. I'm not going to embarrass you. But we need to talk, because your life is going nowhere. Thank God she didn't run away. She could have run away. Some people run away when they hear the truth about themselves. They get angry. They crack a joke got to go to the bathroom, got to do something, you know, because I can't bear it when the truth hits too close to home. She didn't do that. She's tough. She was so captivated by the way Jesus said this that she stayed and let him read her soul to her. Tell me who I am, she says. Read my heart. He called her out, he challenged her, but he also offered her hope that she could be saved from her self-destructive life. And she allowed Jesus to expose her thirst in a way that was very painful, but also very healing. Our Lord said once that those who are sick need the doctor, those who think they're well Do not. And the Lord is able to show her that she's in need of healing. And she takes it. In the end, the woman forgets about her errand. She came with one purpose, and she totally forgets about it. She leaves her jar behind at the well, rushes back into the village, and tells everybody about the man she had just met who told her everything about herself and didn't reject her. She felt rejected by the entire village. That's why she was coming out to draw water at the hottest part of the day, when no one else would be around, because nobody wanted to associate with her. And you know, she probably wasn't a nice woman. She wasn't a victim. She did this to herself. So there she goes, out where nobody wants to be with her, and then she runs back into the town and says, hey, listen to me, I have something to tell you. And people are surprised because prior to this meeting with this man at the well, she hadn't been particularly religious and now she's preaching. And she doesn't care what they think now. She's saying, I know, you have your opinion about me, you, you reject me, just come out and see this guy. He'll tell you things about yourself that nobody else knows. In fact, in the gospel, it says that she told them, he told me everything I ever did. Now, that's not all recorded in the gospel, everything she ever did, but he told her that without making her feel despair or hopelessness. That's the kind of change that the Lord brings about in a woman who came to the well with a totally different agenda and it was basically i just want to get my water jug filled and go back home as quickly as possible what are you doing here jew what are you doing here she just wants to get it over with and move on to the next thing and the lord isn't put off by it he just says well if you had asked me i would have given you something even better how about that The Lord arranges meetings with us throughout our lives. And those meetings bring out a deeper thirst in us. Where we feel like something about our lives is incomplete. Something is maybe a little bit off. Something could be better. And I think often it's a retreat that really does the job. Where you have... All of this time to just think about the Lord and to have Him touch you. Sometimes the Lord arranges meetings in our lives when things seem the worst, when they seem bleak and hopeless. Saint Jose Maria Escriva says that we become hungry for God. And Jesus encourages this feeling of hunger in us. And he comes out to meet us and says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I will give him living water. In a way, Jesus creates the problem in order to solve it. That's a very deep truth. Sometimes the emptiness that we carry around with us is due to the work of God to draw us to himself. I will repeat again and again that God will use anything to bring us to himself. Anything. There was... One of the early fathers of the church, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, who lived in the 300s, who, preaching one time, said, I know that some of you are coming to church to find, basically, a spouse. You're coming to find a husband or a wife. Now, people don't do that, do they? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what I tell people who are, you know in their 20s and 30s, and they can't find a nice guy, nice girl, go to church. Go to church. You might find one or two. But he, he says that. So times have not changed. Church is still a good place to meet good people, okay? Also to meet strange people, but hey, all right? It's okay. <laughs> but whatever. God got you in the door, huh? He got you in the door. You wanted to find a nice girl. You wanted to find a nice guy. Okay, I'll take that. Come on in. I know a young man, this is a long time ago, who started, who, who switched his parish because the girl he liked went to that parish. And he just thought they might bump into each other. Oh, you go to this mass too? Isn't that nice? And you know what? Instead, he ended up finding the Lord. <laughs> he, ended up, he ended up making a daily holy hour. He never actually saw the girl, and then he became a priest. But the Lord got him in the door. (laughs) That's so sneaky, (laughs) but it works. And the same thing happened here at the well. God meets us in those places where we go to fill our jar. Whatever your jar is, that's where he goes and meets you. It could be something that you carry around with you that's kind of a burden. It's like a burden. This, this woman was carrying a jar, and that's, that's a heavy burden. But whatever it is, the Lord will come out to meet us, and he'll do anything to draw us to himself. Whether you've been coming to this retreat house for years, or whether this is your first time, Who's been doing that? Who's behind that? Who's getting you in the door? And why is he doing it? You know, in business, in the commercial world, it's getting somebody in the door is all about selling something. Have you ever been approached about a timeshare? Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it, right? You'll never get out. Your great-great-grandchildren will still be paying when you're long gone. But it's all about getting you to buy something and getting you hooked. Why does the Lord draw us through pain, through joy, through a desire for a husband or a wife? Why does he do that? Because as St. Augustine says, you, O Lord, have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Those words should be on every birth certificate of everybody born into this world. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you're an atheist. Stamp it on there, you know. Our hearts were made for God, and you will be restless and thirsty and hungry until you find it all in the Lord. That's why God does it. And like this woman going to the well, sometimes we are clueless about what we're really thirsty for. This woman thought she needed guys. She thought she needed men. She couldn't sustain relationships in her life one man after another. And when she goes to the well, look how happy she is. Look how fulfilled she is. Not at all. And isn't it beautiful that the Lord comes out to meet her in her brokenness and starts with a little thing. Can I have a drink of water from you? And she snaps. You, have, you, you don't even have a cup. well, Maybe I've got something to give you instead. Let's talk. If you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you might have asked him. Well, she wasn't asking. She wasn't interested. She was just surviving. And it wasn't until Jesus opened up her private life that she began to understand what her choices really said about her. What her choices really said about her thirst. And what does it say? You want love so badly that you're willing to take any guy that comes along. And so on. And we want love so badly that we're willing to do a lot of stuff that we shouldn't do. And the Lord is saying, you have such a deep thirst in you. And I'm going to expose it. And I'm going to give you the answer. And I think on a retreat, that is what the Lord often does. We come with one agenda, one reason or no reason. And he plugs in a new one. He gets us in the door. He opens us up and then he gives us the answer now this woman gets her answer but notice this the lord doesn't work a miracle for her he doesn't he doesn't say to her well if you want this living water that will never run out, here is, here is a miracle jar. Take it, it'll never run dry, and go in peace. Problem solved. This woman will, will still need to go and draw water. And he doesn't do that. And you know why? Because well, you know what the problem is? The Lord can say to her, the problem is not the jar, The problem is not the heat of the day. The problem is not your fellow villagers who have rejected you. The the problem is that you are restless and you're tired and you're thirsty and you're angry and you're argumentative and you're burdened because you simply haven't found the Messiah. You don't know me yet. You haven't found the one who has the living water. You haven't found the one who says, come to me, you who labor and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. But now you have. Now you can rest. And the sign that she had found the answer is that she dropped everything, everything she thought was so important, and ran off and announced that she had met the Christ. Sometimes people reach a point in their life where they say things like, I hate my life. I hate things the way they are. And I don't know where to go, and I don't know what to do. If you've reached a point in your life that's like that, you're in company with this woman who was no better off i mean reread this she's not a happy lady and what is the answer it's not the miracle it's not getting having all of your dreams come true it's the relationship with christ that makes the difference once Jesus leaves the Samaritan village, the woman's still going to be there. She's still going to go out to the well. She's still going to do her household duties. She's going to be changed, though. He is not going to leave her as he found her. She's totally different. The people in her village may still not hang around with her, but probably that's not going to bother her so much anymore. She's a new woman, she's alive. She's drinking the living water, and she's at rest. That relationship with Jesus makes all the difference in the world. When you go back home tomorrow, and you have to go back, you know, you can't stay. You can ask one of the Carmelites if they'll go home with you, and they might, but it's kind of expensive, so... but. When you go home tomorrow, you will find everything as you left it. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> everything as you left it with the engine running, okay? So everything will be the same. The house will not be any cleaner, okay? Yeah, all right? And the television will be going and all that, okay. But what will change is maybe not the house, not the garage, not the driveway, not the front yard or the backyard or the husband, or but what about you? You have control over over what? Very few things. Very few things. But one thing we do have some control over is whether we're going to accept the Lord or not and let him change us or not and let him transform us or not. Plug yourself into this beautiful story and see maybe if we lack peace, if we lack courage if we lack just basic happiness because our relationship with Jesus just isn't what it should be. But the hope that he holds out to us is that it can be something fantastic. It can be something great. It can be so good that even though you don't bring a Carmelite home with you tomorrow, that was just a joke, so no, you can't do that. You can bring home the spirit that you Drink in here. The women of Carmel who are happy without earthly husband, without, without, without home and possessions and under obedience, that, that really speaks volumes about what the relationship with Jesus can do. It's supposed to speak volumes. It's supposed to teach the world that God is. And God is the ultimate thing that matters, and that our hearts are all restless, every single one of us, and they will only find rest and peace when they rest in God. We will only be satisfied and filled when we are satisfied and filled with the Lord. Come to me with all of your burdens, the Lord says to you tonight and I will give you rest. I will give you the living water. I will give you all good things if you come and surrender to me. To this I say, amen. Lord Jesus, give us all of these good things. Amen. So ladies, now we have this perfect time, this perfect moment after hearing that wonderful conference by Father, to enter into a deeper, deeper relationship with our Lord right now, right at this moment, to let him ask you these questions. Let him question you and see what he draws out, because he wants to go deeper with you. That's why you came here this weekend. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray night prayer together, but we're going to walk through the examination of conscience together. So each night, the Carmelite sisters, we take the examination of conscience, actually twice a day, at noon and then at in the evening time. And we go through it, and we go through it, and we go through it, and we... Go through, and we, and we